You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Spirit of St. Louis, 400 to go. Just led Old Town Road, MacDan and Honolulu Bay's run up behind them. Uh, dropping out of it, Hurricane Harley, 28.5 the third quarter. It's Spirit of St. Louis in front. Honolulu Bay's about to get the run from Old Town Road. It's Spirit of St. Louis, MacDan getting through Honolulu Bay. I cast no shadows out wider. Honolulu Bay hit the lead. Honolulu Bay drew clear. David Moran and Honolulu Bay. Honolulu Bay wins it. Great go for the Miners. I cast no shadow and old That was the Hutter Cup and Chris Barsby's about to join us now. How are you this morning, Chris? Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. That was just an amazing drive, wasn't it? And David Moran drove with confidence because he took a gamble on the bend and it paid off big time. And he's our first guest. David, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me on, guys. Your second Hunter Cup, you won it in 2021 with Artie, and now you've backed it up with Honolulu Bay. Very special in their own ways, but that, that was a really, really special moment there on Saturday night. Yeah, no, it was, mate. It was great. It's, um, obviously, it's a big privilege and a thrill to be in them races and just be a part of them, let alone um, getting the opportunity to drive the horse to, to win the race. I've got to ask this question straight up. You've driven in most of the big races, a lot of the Grand Circuit races over the last three to four years now. Was that one of the best races that you've been a part of, just with the action, the constant pressure? Was that was that a race? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was great. Like it's, um, you know, I still listen to it just when you when you're introducing the show then, and they they have the replay up. It still sort of gives you butterflies. It's um. It was a race that you couldn't really predict. I think that was what made it so good. Um, it was a race that probably no trainer or no driver in, in the race could predict. That you didn't know what was going to happen. And, and obviously we had a couple of little hiccups with, uh, with copy that and uh, things like that. So, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a, certainly a great race to be a part of. And it was, a, it was a great, great spectacle. David, it's Steve. One thing I'm keen to ask you, as I said, you had to make that split-second decision at about the four or 500-metre mark where you knew they went hard with Spirit of St. Louis in front. You decided to cut back and get up behind it. I mean, tell me, can you tell me about what was going through your mind at that stage when you took that gamble to switch back to the inside, which has obviously proved a great, great drive, brilliant drive. Yeah, thanks, Steve. No, we, um, it was one of them ones that the sprint lane at Melton doesn't come up quite quickly enough um, compared to a lot of other tracks down here. You sort of do turn into the straight and you've got to hold them up to that sort of 40 or 50 metres. So you've got to be very concerned, uh, you know, when you make that decision, whether the leaders are going to have enough momentum to get you there. So that was probably the main thing, um, whether we thought that could happen. Um, and then obviously the other thing with, with that horse, he... He's not a horse that will put him put him to the sword and really put him away quickly. He um, he'll keep batting away, but um, I think the biggest thing with his, him was just to not get him too wide and not give him too much air over the 2700 and let him think about things. It was sort of to take that gap uh, and then you know then be able to hold him up and and let him let him rip up the straight again. That was probably the the main objective to going there. Yeah, but you must have had confidence the Spirit of St Louis would take you into the straight because they did go hard. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he was still he was still kicking on pretty pretty strong, and them horses uh, like I cast no shadow on that. They just they just weren't making ground quick enough to 
you know, to warrant not going there. He's a special horse for you, David, Honolulu Bay. I was doing some stats. 14 drives you've had behind Honolulu Bay, uh, Honolulu Bay nine victories. He's been he's been good for you, but those colours have been good for you. Bill and Anderson, ladies in red, springs to mind immediately. This guy as well. And there's been others, but uh, they've been great supporters for you. Yeah, they have, Chris. No, they've been um, they've been very good supporters. They've been extremely, extremely loyal people. Um, I can't thank them enough, to be honest. Really, they've uh, yeah, they've been loyal in keeping me on. Uh, you know, throughout, as you know, you have suspensions and things like that. Um, you can be forgotten about quite quickly, and um, unfortunately, missed out on the drive on um, ladies in red in Queensland. But they were good enough people. Uh, Nathan Jack won on her up there, and they were still good enough to put me back on. So. Um, uh, a lot of credit's due to them. They've been extremely loyal and I'm very thankful for the opportunities that they've given me. He deserves a big victory, doesn't he? Like, he, he made a clean sweep at the end of the minion, winning all three heats. He came up a little short in the final, but it was just good to get a big one like the Hunter Cup. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it, um, he, he certainly deserves that. Like, he, he's come a long way. It's, it's, it's a real credit to how far he's actually come in a short while. He, um, you know, he went from that miler that was that everyone thought was a fraction weak if he had to do a little bit of work to step up to the 2200. And, and then the end of the Minion Series, probably it probably made him, to be honest, in the end. Um, I know the connections weren't 100% sure whether they'd go, go through it or not. Clayton and Emma, um, you know, they decided that, that was probably the best thing for the horse. And thankfully it was. It's, it's really strengthening Martin. He's really adapted to that, that stronger fast-class racing over the distance now where he can still sort of sit up and peel off. We've obviously... Um, elected to drive him a little bit cold over that trip but don't get me wrong he once he uh once he has a season of that sort of racing he he's going to uh he's going to be able to do work in his races but uh his speed's probably going to be his biggest attribute really okay that being said i'm really interested to hear that because the miracle mile comes up in a couple of weeks time now and if he's coiled away driven like he was driven there on saturday night on that big track he is going to be lethal yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, th- I think over the mile, Chris, you know, you can even do work on him. He, he's a horse that you could probably hold the front on him over a mile because he, he'll run you 48 mile uh, without a blink of an eye. So, you know, it's got to find horses that can sit parked and, and um, sit outside him and beat him. But like you said, uh, he's still going to be able to be driven the complete opposite also. You know, if you've got to sit him up, he's going to be just as electric off the speed. Okay, I want to ask this question. The biggest hurdle that you're facing with the Miracle Mile is the stable mate, Captain Ravishing. If you were sitting on Captain Ravishing's back, do you give him a fright? Oh, look, I think I, I think you get close, no doubt, but I just think it depends on how they run the race. Like, if Captain Ravishing's got to do a bit of work and you're sitting on him, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we definitely give him a fright, but them races, as you know, they all come down to... Uh, draws and luck in running and you know they're not machines at the end of the day um they're not unbeatable and if a horse like a captain ravishing i was only saying to someone yesterday if them horses have got to sit parked in a 48 mile uh it, it can be extremely tough for any horse hmm. so, so he's not past the post is he captain ravishing in, in the weeks to come he's got the chariots and then the miracle mile but you're going up there with an attitude by the sound of it that that you can win the miracle mile you're not put off by captain ravishing given the right circumstances yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think so. I think he's, um, I think he's an extremely, extremely 
very special horse and very talented horse and who knows we you know we I could look silly in saying that he might he might be the best we've ever seen but um I think when they come up against the big boys um you know it all comes down to like I said a little bit of luck in running and barry draws and that sort of stuff it can play a massive part in them sort of races uh until he's done it and faced the big boys um it, it's very hard to to say too much it's a, it's a great point you raised there because what we're seeing with Captain Ravishing is simply breathtaking. No two ways about it. But he is racing his own age group. So, you know, he's got the chariots, which is his age group. But then he's got to step it up and he's got to take on the big boys. And it, it's a quantum rising grade. Yeah, definitely. Now, I think you, you see it over the years. You get a lot of horses that come out of that three-year-old age group and um, they go into that four-year-old. And, and don't get me wrong, some do adapt quite well, but... Um, Others that can just take that 12 months for them, for them to adjust. And like I said, it doesn't um, doesn't take much to get a really, really strong mile there at Menangle. It can be quite difficult uh, if you've got to do a bit of work, but uh, time will tell, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. The other unsung hero with this victory on Saturday night regarding Honolulu Bay is Sam Stewart, Emma's brother. He, he does a lot of work behind the scenes, in particular with this guy. And it was great to see him there, uh, you know, at the forefront, uh, at the presentations there on Saturday night. Uh, he, he's put a lot of time and effort into Honolulu Bay, so it was great to see him getting some recognition. Yeah, it was. It was terrific, actually. Um, I guess sometimes you probably don't get the opportunity to save in the moment. And... Uh, and thankfully, Sam did that on Saturday night. He, he's obviously a massive part of the stable and been for a long, long time. Um, yeah, it was great to, it was really good to see him there. And there's a lot of people, I guess, that work behind the scenes in a lot of stables that, um, you know, they don't get a lot of recognition. And them, them stables, they've got a lot of horses. They've got to have good staff behind them. And, and Sam's one of them. And um, it's just, yeah, it's extremely good to see him get some credit that's very well deserved. I want to ask this question on behalf of Steve, but I'm sure he, he's very inquisitive about this. You've driven a lot for, for Emma and Clayton. What is it about Emma and Clayton that just, you know, where they just keep producing these these star horses that just keep turning up uh, big race after big race? What, what do they do different? Yeah, I'm not sure, mate. I, I, I think obviously the, the breeds, you know, it, it obviously pays pays a big price, you know, they go to sales and they're buying the horses that they want to buy and they're buying very well-bred horses and they're getting people like like Phil and Ann Anderson, just for example, that are that are breeding exceptionally well and, and sending their horses there. Um, obviously, their training regime works uh, works quite well. They have them, have them extremely fit, well-mannered and, uh, and well-gated, you know, when they go to the trials, let alone the races. So um, it's a big credit to them. Um, yeah, with, with their training program, that's for sure. I'm sure they have, uh, like we said before, they've got plenty of good staff and um, they can work a lot of good horses together. It's, um, it makes a big difference, I'm, I'm sure. Yep. Well, congratulations to you. Congratulations to the team involved with Honolulu Bay. Next stop, Sydney, for the Miracle Mile. Before I let you go, we've seen it uh, across the weekend. Your old mate, Artie, up there winning uh, on debut. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was really good to watch. Um, he looked good. He obviously takes um, a couple of runs to really warm into it. So, um, no, I was pretty impressed with what I've seen first up. He's seen, um, yeah, he's, he, he looked really good. Petty, we all missed the six dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how that happened. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
Really appreciate David. Job well done, and uh, we'll talk soon. No worries, guys. Thanks very much. David Moran, as I said, that was a brilliant drive, Chris, wasn't it? Just watching yeah. it again, you know how, you know, he decided to cut back there. I thought, oh, you know, it's a gamble, but it paid off big time. Mm. Interesting thoughts, though, with Captain Ravishing. He's not giving up hope, um, you know, and, and it was really important to hear him say that, you know, Captain Ravishing has got to take it from his age group to the to the big boy level now, and that's what he's going to face going from the chariots to the to the Miracle Mile. So he's not uh, he's not selling out just yet with Honolulu Bay. So if he has a little bit of luck, he might be able to produce the goods again. Yeah, Chris, I said in the first hour this morning, like Bruce Clark's done a feature article uh, talking about Captain Ravishing as well. So now, you know, you're getting other codes involved as well, you know, interest, sparking interest in, in, you know, the thoroughbred world, you know, high-profile people in the thoroughbred world are talking about this horse as well, which is all great for the sport of harness racing. Oh, absolutely. And there's so much interest. Like, people are trying to buy this horse, Steve. There's been interest from America. Uh, people with these slot races are trying to secure him for those uh, big races, whether it be Perth or New Zealand. They're obviously looking at the Eureka as well, and there's some negotiations going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. There's studs involved as well. Everyone wants a piece of Captain Ravishing, no doubt about it. He's the pin-up horse right now, so uh, he's got the Chariots of Fire coming up Saturday week, and then if he wins that, he stamps his ticket at the Miracle Mile. So who knows what's going to happen after the next month with Captain Ravishing? Because do, do they just sort of pull up stumps? Do they sell him? What happens? Who knows? Because it's just about the Chariots of Fire and then the Miracle Mile. So they're going to face some big decisions, connections over the next month. Mm, I said last week, I said he's, he's clearly the most exciting horse in Australasia. He mightn't be the best, but I'm saying for the racing, you know, just exciting, isn't he? Uh, and we saw it again on the other day, how he can spread eagle a field within the blink of an eye. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, his speed is his best asset, and they drive him uh, to, to, to suit his speed as well. Um, look, they're, they're polar opposites, and I know we've, you know, had, you know, friendly banter over the, you know, the last couple of months between Captain Ravishing and Leap to Fame. The other thing we've got to keep in mind with Leap to Fame, he's had a good break following an unbelievable three-year-old season, three derbies. He won the, the Breeders' Challenge, and when you look at those Breeders' Challenge performances as well, they were absolutely stunning. Uh, the times he was able to run and the work he had to do. Just consider this, though, with Leap to Fame. He's had a good break. There's no reason, Steve, why he's not going to come back bigger, stronger, more mature, and he's by a sire where they just keep getting better and better in better's delight. So, look, Grant's the polar opposite to Mark Pitt as far as driving style is concerned. Mark likes to, to rev the engine as much as he can where Grant will look after his horse. So... It's like comparing apples and oranges, but um, it, it's going to be fascinating. Mm. If these horses remain on the track and have some big clashes, uh, I think it's going to be uh, great for the, the sport going forward. The scorecard, they've raced three times, 2-1 in favour of Leap to Fame. So when are they likely to meet again? I know racing Queensland officials, they've got their big race during the constellations of the rising sun. Do they issue invitations for Leap to Fame and Captain Ravishing? Will connections accept for, for Captain Ravishing? We know Leap to Fame will because he's based here in Queensland. So, again, like I said, there's so many big decisions that have got to be made with Captain Ravishing within the next month. And can I ask you this question? Did Harness Racing Victoria program 1,200 metre races for Catch a Wave? <laughs> no, but <laughs> consider this, though, with Catcher Wave. And he backs up on Saturday night. He goes to Menangle. So for the first time, he steps outside of his home state. He could have gone there and, and tackled the Bonanza and, and run into Captain Ravishing. 
he could have run a really good second, beaten half head, half length, 10 metres. Does that get him a spot in the Chariots of Fire? No, it doesn't. He'll probably go a, a career-best performance, probably running second to, to Captain Ravishing. But I think he, he made the right move. He took the, 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 the smaller fish is the better approach attitude, uh, Andy Gath. Electing to concentrate on that race, he can win that race, and then he can go up to Sydney and tackle the pale face and then hopefully get into the Chariots of Fire. I think it was a masterstroke move on Andy Gaff's behalf to, to focus on that race rather than tackling Captain Ravishing, knowing that this big target's just around the corner. I had something on Old Town Road in the Hunter Cup, and uh, I said to Wendy, I said, this horse will win from this position. I just thought, given they went hard, he got around there fairly cheap outside the leader who had to capitulate, uh, Spirit of St. Louis, but then, as we mentioned, the brilliant drive on a little bay. But he's obviously improving with every run. Maybe just needs one more. But I thought he was very good. Yeah, no doubt about it. As soon as they open markets for the New Zealand Cup later this year, Steve, you want to be getting on. And whatever you had on Saturday night in the Hunter Cup, you want to double down and go again for the New Zealand Cup. This this is a genuine Grand Circuit star of the future. Uh, every time he goes to the track, he seems to get better and better. And that run there on Saturday night was outstanding. So he's probably likely to go back to uh, New Zealand now. He, he'll tackle that uh, slot race over there at Cambridge. So... Uh, some great, great signs there from Old Town Road, but the New Zealand Cup 2023, that's the key race for him. One final question. Sean Grimsey's been very patient waiting. Just copy that. What happened there? He's in the running line. Obviously, he worked hard early anyway, so he's always going to be a sitting shot. But what happened with him? Copy that. Well, he, he just seemed to choke off. It was, it was quite aggressive. When you look at that lead time compared to some other lead times at that same distance, uh, I think it was five or six seconds faster. So... Um, they took their shot. They thought, you know, Spirit of St. Louis normally hands over in, in the week leading up to the race. You know, they made it abundantly clear, the connections of Spirit of St. Louis, that they were going to hold. So I think it was just one of those sort of racing incidents, Steve. They thought the lead was there. It wasn't. Uh, in the end, it was to the detriment. He choked off. He had that little minor bleed. So he's due to fly home tomorrow uh, and he'll be set for that uh, slot race over there as well. So... Hopefully there's no major issue. The camper reporting that uh, all is okay. He's come through the race as good as can be expected. But I think it was just one of those sort of racing incidents, Steve. It was just a, mm. a genuine race. Everyone was out there to win and someone had to, you know, it took a toll on, on someone and unfortunately it was copy that. Yeah, you knew watching it. They the, the all come from back, the back half of the field, didn't you? Sean Grimsey's with us now. Sean, it's fascinating times at the moment right now. The Chariots of Fire final qualifier comes up on Saturday night at the Paleface Adios Stakes. Your guy vying for a spot. First of all, what did you make of all the action from across the weekend? Captain Ravishing, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, no, he was, he was super again, wasn't he? Like, he's just speed upon speed. Um, yeah, you know, clearly everyone thinks he's the, the benchmark, which would seem to be the case. So, yeah, no, he was awesome. Um, yeah, I haven't watched the catch a race wave yet. I was in the wash bay then, so yeah, but I'll go and have a look at them tonight when I get home. Okay, what about Republican Party who won the Hondo Grand, the first qualifier there on Saturday night? Uh, I'm sure you've analysed that race. What did you make of the Kiwi? Yeah, no, he, he looked good, didn't he? He he seemed to be doing it pretty comfortable on the line. Um, the, the second or third horse were good in behind him getting to the line, but yeah, you, like young Carter seemed to have, have his horse uh, on a good hold, so yeah, I thought he was pretty impressive. How do you compare Republican Party to Captain Ravishing? Can, can you make any sort of oh. comparison? 
Oh, well, like I've watched a couple of Republican parties runs in New Zealand, like, and he's he's obviously a real good horse, and he, he was putting in some pretty tough runs over there, and like a coup to beat him a little way in the derby, but he went he was super that day still. Um, I don't, oh, I don't know. It's just it's pretty hard to compare in it. Like you, Captain Ravishing just seems so fast. Like it seems to have speed that. Yeah, you really haven't seen from a from a horse. So yeah, it's a bit hard to compare them. Okay, you've arrived in Sydney. You've got a runner today, which we'll touch on in just a moment. But first and foremost, Teddy Disco. Um, was there any contemplation about starting last week in the Hondo, or were you always looking for the the pale face, the last of the qualifiers? Uh, I sort of give it a little bit of thought, but I, I thought if you went last week and you didn't qualify. And then we had to go again this week, and then you go on, like, and you did qualify, and you go on the third week. I thought we'd probably be a little bit flat going into the chariots anyway, so so we'll give it one go. And if we if we're good enough to get through, well, I reckon he'll be um, right on top of his game for that night, which he's going to have to be if we can get through. Okay, let so, me ask yeah, this no. question then. Looking at last week's race, the Hondo Grattan, compared to this week's race. Which which was the easier option if you could have your pick either starting last week or this week against the opposition? Uh, I think no, I think they're pretty comparable. But like this week, obviously catch a waves up here. But last week you had Republican Party, so and then you sort of get away from them, and it it, it evens out. I thought like I, I suppose you know field wise it wouldn't worry me. I just be happy with barrier one but that didn't happen so we'll deal with what we got yeah, yeah. so you've got barrier eight so you'll likely start from yeah. seven if the emergency comes out what was the first reaction yeah. when the barrier draw was announced yeah <laughs> you sort of yeah i started looking at it and i see um grumo's all said one and then you start sliding down the list looking for yours and i thought eight and then saw an emergency inside i thought oh well not yeah, it's not the end of the world. I think that's where Tim's the Trooper started from last week, and he was real good. So, yeah, it's obviously not impossible to qualify. But yeah, it's Does it make it easier knowing better. that you've got catch a wave to your outside? Uh, yeah, like, if, if uh, like, I might be wrong here, but that was the one thing last week, like, with Republican Party looking like leading it, it didn't look like there was going to be a whole lot of pressure, whereas, uh, although... I think Catch Wave will find the front Saturday night, but he seems like a pretty free-running sort of horse, so at least we should have a little more speed in the race. Um, but, yeah, like I say, I could be wrong, but that's my perception at the minute. Mm. So, yeah. And he's going to have to do a little bit of work to get across. So. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a good test for him. First time outside of his home state. He's on the big track. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he handles yeah. the occasion. And you, you think he might get the lead if they challenge hard for it? Catch a wave? Yeah. Oh, I'd imagine he would. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I thought he would. But, um, yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know what the other guys are going to do inside, but, yeah, I thought he'd end up fine in the front. All right. So we've got to run top four? Yeah, yeah, got to run top four. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit, pretty, pretty decent challenge, but, like I say, he's in good order, so... Yeah, fingers crossed. If the racing gods are on our side, we'll get there. All right. 
Uh, speed dating steps out today, and she's got to overcome a tough draw as well. Draw on the outside. How did she travel down? Yeah, no, she's she's really good, uh, really good little traveller. So, no, she come down. She's she was jumping out of the skin yesterday, and so yeah, and this morning. So, yeah, she's in good order. Um, Barrier like outside of the front's hard, no matter what. But um, ultimate backs is just just inside her and. I think, like, Marathon Man's going pretty good, too. I think he's down in two, so... Well, his numbers don't look great, but... That's, um, yeah, so... Hopefully, if, if they roll along a bit, I reckon she's a chance. But if they steady up too much, well, it's nearly impossible. Is she likely to get a start on Saturday night, or is it too hard to tell? Oh. Too hard to tell, isn't it? But I hope so. I thought, I thought she was a bit unlucky not getting one, but anyway... Yeah, mm. we're up to 80, right. but that, that's what happens. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed she can uh, feature today, and uh, fingers crossed the week goes smoothly for Teddy Disco and he can qualify for the yeah. Chariots of Fire. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. be a good thrill. Um, yeah, it's, it's everyone seems to think it's looking like a pretty quality field for the Chariots, so, which it is. There's some stars in there, and the other ones aren't too far behind them, so, yeah, it'll be good. All right, awesome. Really appreciate the time. Go well this week. No, thanks, Chris.